This is Pete from AmateurGolf.com. Welcome to Tournament Talk for April. We haven't had much to talk about. There hasn't been anything going on in the country as we face a crisis. But one tournament in North Carolina was held on the weekend of April 25th and 26th. And we're going to talk to Tony Byerly, not only the champion, but the general manager of the course that hosted the event, Southwick Golf Course, in between Greensboro and Durham, North Carolina. Tony, you did something in April that nobody had done until uh, the end of April. We had all these amateur tournaments canceled. I mean, our country is in crisis mode, but golf is a safe game to play. We believe that with the right precautions, it can be done. But some of those precautions are like not using rakes and bunkers and having raised cups, social distancing, of course, even wearing masks in some cases in some hot weather. So, Tony, what was the difference between day-to-day operations at your golf course and tournament operations and running an event? How did you approach that? Well, basically running the event, you know, we had to think long and hard before we decided we were going to have the event. And then uh, when we decided we were, we were already cutting back on our, our day-to-day operations anyway. So uh, basically, you know, starting off with when they I lowered the entry fee, because I know at the times people are struggling for money. Some people are doing good. Some people aren't. So I actually lowered my entry fee about $50 than, than normal entry fee. On top of that, I had people call in and pay over the phone versus coming in and paying, by, paying person to person. Um, my scoreboards, I, I took them completely from where they were. I put them under a cart shed and spread out about 10 picnic tables, completely spread out around the area. So everybody was spread out pretty well. Um, when people made the turn, I let them come to the cart shed. I put drinks out there in a cooler and snacks in a cooler so they didn't have to come into the clubhouse. Um, and other stuff that I, I implemented was, you know, without having rakes, you know, you're playing in a tournament, so therefore you could get a bad lie in a bunker. So the way we played it is uh, we played lift, clean, and place in the bunker which my maintenance crew during the tournament kept the bunkers up. You know, we run the bunker rakes to them four or five times a day because we had a tournament, you know, just to make sure the bunkers were in good place. But, uh, which is unusually not done that many times because you normally have a rake. And then, uh, you know, and then we implemented the one cart rule. And then, uh, we have the new, the pool noodle in the hole, which so the, the bottom go all the way down to the bottom. Uh, we just, we, we, mainly stress just don't touch as least amount of things as possible and like you know of course our clubhouse we've got it down to one person in the clubhouse at a time so and then we have to monitor that i got extra help monitoring who comes in who comes out Uh, scorecards as far as scorecards you know a lot of people touch scorecards so we already had the scorecards on the carts with people's names on them Um, they just jumped in the cart scorecard was there Um, and we tried to get them to jump on the cart you know, of course, you switch scorecards in a tournament, so we tried to get them to jump on the cart with the opponent's scorecard so they don't have to – less touching, the better. So. Okay, well, a couple of things I'm hearing so far, Tony. Uh, one of them, uh, I love this, no rakes. You've got lift, clean, in place. 
but you've also got a maintenance crew that's out there. And of course, if they're social yeah. distancing from everybody, they're out there basically backtracking or you know following yeah. following around. And now your chances of a good lie in the bunker are pretty good anyway, because the spirit of the game isn't necessarily to live clean and place in the bunker. The spirit of the game is hopefully your ball rolls into a decent lie in the bunker, greenside or otherwise, and you go ahead and hit it out. The second thing I'm hearing is that rather than have some people walking, some people riding, you had people ride and then get in the cart where the opposing scorecard was so that you basically had single cart, single rider cart, and they didn't have to do a whole lot of interacting and changing uh, scorecards with each other before the round. Uh, what about after the round? Uh, when, when people hand in their scorecard, I have, one, I have one person in my cart set, which it's very spacious. And like I said, I had the picnic table spaced out. And uh, we, we limited the people that were down at a time. They come in, turn the scorecard in, make sure it was correct. And uh, whoever was at the scoreboard, instead of them signing each other's scores and attesting, I just recounted, asked them verbally, you know, whoever was at the scoreboard at the time, we asked them verbally, are we sure this is correct? And their opponents, are we sure this is correct? Rather than everybody touching the scorecard, everybody signing the scorecard. Then we post a score, they grab their lunch, boom, and then they hit the road. We thought, like I said, we thought long and hard before we had this tournament. Should we do it? Should we not do it? Uh, we do it safe. It should be no problem. And then uh, I didn't promote the tournament as normal because I was trying to keep it. I didn't. I was trying to keep it small so it wouldn't be like, hey, they got two hundred people over there playing in a golf tournament. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Well, and, and also there are, there are some mixed messages. I mean, AmateurGolf.com is facing that with our partner tournaments. Some of them are bigger, and they traditionally have yeah. galleries. And you know, an amateur tournament like the Northeast Invitational in New England. Uh, they're having people stay with hosts normally. So yeah. you've, you've got a young college student that normally gets lodging with a host family. Well, it's just not feasible right now. So there's some yeah. tournaments that for practical reasons can't be held. But in your case, what are some of the distances people travel? Like this is a local event, I'm guessing a regional, that most of them are staying at their home that night. Um, I, I had a guy from Tennessee play, and then I had uh, some guys from South Carolina play had the guys from Charlotte play, which that's still in North Carolina, but it's about two hours from here. You know, this is an annual tournament. We have Graham City Am. And we, you know, our biggest tournament is the Southwick Amateur. We have it at the end of May. So May 23rd, 24th, here we go uh, three, four weeks from now. I've got my biggest amateur tournament I have all year. And it's the 33rd annual Graham, or, uh, Southwick Amateur. So, um, so you know, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with this three weeks from now again, but this took a lot of thought and effort because I normally, we normally get a hundred to a hundred players and, you know, we dealt with 60 and uh, we tried to do it at a minuscule level. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think you, you did a good job with that. You, you, you uh, didn't politicize the thing. You didn't advertise it that, Hey, come one, come all. Let's, like you said, let's have 200 players. That wouldn't make a lot of sense and it would be insensitive, but golf is yeah. being played, right? We hear that by the, um, National Golf Foundation says that by mid to late May, 77% of U.S. golf courses will be open. The ones that are open, ironically, are super busy. There are places where people in one state, like Massachusetts, can't play golf, so they're traveling to Connecticut where they can play golf, making those courses busy. So as far as social distancing goes, the best thing we could probably do is have all golf courses open and not encourage one course to be flooded with players. So uh, North Carolina, uh, let's let's step it back. Have you been uh, open the whole time? Uh, was there a period of time when courses or your course was closed? 
Actually, we have been open the whole time, which uh, which it's in, in our business has been really good. And, and tell you, I've got friends in the Pinehurst area, Southern Pines area, which you know Pinehurst. Of course, we love Pinehurst it. Area. We love and it. And then uh, Myrtle Beach area, I got tons of friends in Myrtle Beach. So Pinehurst is a uh, tourist. You know, they're, they're relying on tourists for their golf. I, you know, I'm I'm sitting here an hour from Pinehurst, and uh, I got my buddies down there. They're going bankrupt. Yeah, you know, and I'm doing and I'm doing well. Well, so. I'm I'm glad to hear that for you. Regional, municipal, um, you know, golf that provides a value for the dollar. I believe, sure. and and you know, our company is sort of predicated on the fact that this will continue to be the strength of the game. And yeah. you know, looking at public golf at four and five hundred dollars a round, it's just not sustainable. Yeah. Other than the very elite places like the Pebble Beaches, and so you know, to the extent that you can provide a value and still provide your city, with, or if it's a city-owned course, or if it's just a public course, to provide this uh, in in the black and not in the red, then then good on you for that. Um, let me give you a chance to talk about your course. Let's get off of the the, the uh, coronavirus for a minute okay. and give you a chance to talk about because I said I was going to come back to Tony Byerly. And the way I understand it uh, from the scoreboard, you actually won your own tournament, which you're not supposed to do. Everybody jokes about that. 66-69. What's your background in golf? And um, did the guys give you a hard time about uh, about winning it? Well, I, actually, in this area, I'm, I'm pretty well known in golf. And uh, I played golf uh, professionally from about the end of 1999 to 2004. And uh, I got my amateur status back in 2006. And... Local regional events like the Graham City Am, Southwick Amateur, we have Alamance County Amateur. We have two-day invitationals, you know, within a several hours of here. I've won close to 200 of those as an amateur. So over since, uh, you know, I'm 45 years old now, since I've played amateur tournaments from high school on, I've won about 200 amateur tournaments. So. Wow. So what's the biggest? Like, what's your what's your title in, uh, in the Carolinas or outside Carolinas that you're kind of, um, you know, is the front of your trophy case? Uh, I won the Tournament of Champions, which is run locally here in Greensboro. By and all, what it is is we have local events here every week. You know, during the summer, you have a two-day invitational all around within a two or three-hour radius. They have a Tournament of Champions at Greensboro National every year, and uh, I won that one uh, in 2007. And you know, and and that just consists of everybody, all your champions. You guys have it pretty good there. One of the one of the greatest golf states, and um, I've had the pleasure of having Tony Byerly, the Graham City Amateur Champion, and um, maybe the only competitive golf played at a certainly in a city championship format uh, in the entire month of April in a historic time that we're living in. So thanks for being on the uh, phone with us and on AmateurGolf.com, Tony. You're welcome.